173 when I did that Christian and follower of Jesus. That, in fact, is what I learned, and that is actually what was re reinforced in some of the teaching I was exposed to. But not long after becoming a Christian, that I was, some, some lovely person walked up to me and they gave me this little tract. And, and as they handed it to me, they said this, they said, just what, I just felt I needed to give you this tract because when you come to a place when you're down in your salvation, it will actually encourage you. And, and it will probably stop you from falling away. <laughs> and okay. Anyway, I took this little tract and I opened it up and it had all these Bible verses in it, which are great Bible verses. They were all verses about uh, a person coming to salvation. They were the sort of verses that if, if someone came to me and said, how do I find Jesus? I'd share these verses with them in the hope of being able to lead them to Christ. They were great verses. But then there was a drawing, and some of you may have seen these little tracks, and the drawing was of a train, and it had an engine, and it had two carriages behind it, and on the engine was written the word fact, on the first carriage following the engine was the word faith, and on the third carriage was the word feelings, with a great little track. Now the idea was that the first one, the fact, was the truth of God. God is God. God loves us. God desires a relationship with us. But the only way to actually have that relationship is through faith. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And the, and the next carriage was the feelings. Now, the point being made in this tract was that, that we connect with God through our faith, not our feelings, not our emotions. And, I don't doubt that either. We, we, we have, uh, we place our faith in God. It's an act of our will. It's something we choose to do. And the thought was that feelings may or may not accompany it. But what it actually did for me is it gave me the impression that in my walk with God, faith was important and feelings and emotions weren't. That is not the full truth. The full truth is you are given feelings and you are given emotions and they are meant to be part of your experience in your walk with God. You know, I just, I just love being in environments like we, we have, Shannon. I just love it. You know, I'm an old joke. I'm a fossil. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not actually going to sit stony-faced. I'm not going to not be involved. I want to be involved. I want to be excited about this, this God. Okay. <laughs> I, I actually, can we put up a couple of scriptures there? There's a couple of scriptures I want to, I want to share with you. I've got them somewhere here, but I'll look up to you. Listen, O Israel, this is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, uh, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Okay, now let's put the next one up. This is Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, verses 1 to 4. On the day of Pentecost, all believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Have you ever tried to imagine that scene? <laughs> My goodness me. 
I was thinking, as I came in this morning, I was thinking, if I was late for church, if I turned up here, and, and I was late for church, and I came in, and you'd been here 20 minutes, and I walk in the door, and suddenly I hear this wind, and I look around, nothing's moving, it was a huge wind. And then I look in here, and on the top of all your heads, there's this little wire. amazing experience for those that were actually there. It was truly an experience. It wasn't in their minds it was happening. You know, the neat thing about that was that, that here's, here's these people's heads on fire and their hair is being burned and it's not even getting scorched. I mean, doesn't that remind you of something back in the Old Testament? Yeah. Mm, a burning bush? Come back for a minute to this word intimacy. In worldly terms, the word intimacy is often seen as a euphemism for sexual relationship between two people. But that's not actually the true word of true meaning of intimacy at all. In fact, a euphemism is a word we use to say something that we don't really want to say. That's why a lot of people use the word intimacy when in fact they're talking about a physical sexual relationship between, between people. But intimacy correctly defined means closeness, it means togetherness, it means familiarity, it means companionship, it means close and deep friendship which involves warmth and affection. And you cannot, you cannot have intimacy without an expression of feelings and emotions. It's not possible. Gosh, I'm going to need to be careful here. I've lost time because all these things keep coming into my mind. You know, I remember the first day I met my wife. I wasn't intending to talk about this, but, but I'm going to because it's got to do with feelings and emotions. I was milking a herd cow for my brother, and uh, I was working away in the cow shed, and a friend of mine comes walking around the driveway where the tanker comes in, walking around the driveway with this girl. And he walks down and he walks into the part of the shed by the, where, the, where the milk goes out. And he's, he's standing there with her. And I looked over, never met her, never seen her. And I knew, right then, in that one Christian, I used to go to and marry this girl. It was absolutely incredible. She was 15 and I was 18. And over the next few years that followed that, our relationship just got deeper and deeper. And, and got to the place, it got to the place where we did not want to be apart. We just wanted to be with each other because there were things about each of us that just so appealed to the other. And on one particular occasion, she was working in a town about probably, oh, I don't know, maybe 20 kilometres away from where I was working on a farm for someone looking after their farm. They were away on holiday. And it was a big cattle and sheep farm. And, and they had this big hole out in the paddock which they would put rubbish in all the time. They'd keep putting rubbish in it. And so I thought this particular day I would set fire to this rubbish and burn it up and make it all nice and tidy so when they came back they were ready to start again. So I set fire to it. And then I went to town. <laughs> <laughs> and then I came back after seeing Margaret, my 
mean, I'm glad to see all the smoke. I'm still wondering who's burning something. <laughs> I come over the hill there on the drive to the farm, and here's all the locals with sacks beating out the sky <laughs> all over this paddock. The biggest fear for me wasn't that they were there doing it, it was how am I going to tell the boss when he comes home? And I, I said, Lord, let it rain, please let it rain. <laughs> and it rained and it rained, and anyway, the grass grew. And he came home, he and his wife and family came home, and he loved horses, he got on his horses, got around the farm, and he came back, and I was working around somewhere, and he came up, and he sat on his horse like that, he just looked down at me, and he said, oh, <laughs> you see, I just loved being with Margaret so much I didn't want to be separate from her. And that's how I, you know, I just had to be near her. Now listen, my relationship with God is what it is because I take the time to be with him. I make the time to be with him. Coming back to this emotional connection thing, in Galatians 5.22, don't want to put this up the top here. In, in Galatians 5.22, we read this. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, I want to suggest to you, as a Christian, that the Holy Spirit is at work trying to produce this fruit in your life. And I also want to suggest to you that you cannot express those fruit in your life to other people totally dissociated from emotion and feeling. In other words, how do you express joy without feeling or emotion? I'm joyful. We, 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 make, we make 
God out to be, this remote, whatever, person, whatever, power, so remote from us. He's your friend. He loves us. He loves connecting with us. He wants to connect with us all the time. He wants to speak to us. You know, several years ago, we're talking about current kids movies, but this one is current, but it starts several years ago. There was a couple of my church at Richmond. Uh, I, I, had, I didn't know what, after I left, I didn't know what they were doing. I mean, I moved over to Golden Bay, so after 27 years at Richmond, I would separate myself from the church so whoever came in to, to take over the role that I had would be totally free to do so. And I thought that's the wise thing to do, so I did. And uh, I lost contact probably with 90 to 95% of the people in the church, totally. Occasionally I would bump into somebody when I was over at Hill and, and uh, uh, in, a, in the mall or something. But anyway, I was walking along the beach one day. I'm going to come to this in a minute about the importance of doing this stuff, but I was walking along the beach and I'm just talking to God. And suddenly, straight out of the blue, out of any thought, their names come to my mind. I had not seen them for three years. I thought, that's weird. What's this about? And so I thought, well, I'm going to step out and find out what this is about. So I took my phone out and I sent them a text. Still had all the names of the people in there, so I sent them a text and I said, I don't know what's happening in your lives right now, but God's just put me, uh, put you on my heart. And I don't know why, but I'm just letting you know. Probably within three minutes, there was a text came back and it said, David, we are walking hand in hand on a beach in Thailand wondering if God wants to, to come here and we don't know who to talk to us. Now they flew back from New Zealand and they came over to Golden Bay and they stayed over there with me. And we talked about it and we prayed about it. Now this couple, the story's bigger than that because this couple, we had a we had a prophetic speaker from the United States come to the church at Richmond several years prior to this. And he had finished an evening meeting and lots of stuff had happened. Lots of people's lives had been blessed. People had been healed. People received words. All sorts had actually happened. And he's sitting on the platform at the front and I'm sitting next to him. And this particular lady, oh, this couple, she walks up and she gets stuck into him. Just literally gets stuck into him. And she said, she said, you know, we've been Christians so long. We have been struggling in our business. We have prayed. We've done everything we can do. And God doesn't come through. And we don't know what to do about it because it's holding up our whole life. And he looked at her. And then he opened his jacket. He took out his wallet. He opened it up. He took out a $100 note. He took her by the hand. He said, he put it in her hand and he said, God's going to multiply that 100 fold. She just stunned. She was absolutely right. <laughs> Way she went. <laughs> Away she went. I am not exaggerating. Within two weeks, their debt was totally paid off. And within one year, they were overseas, teaching in a school, 
and wondering what God was going to do next. Well, the next thing God did do, he told them to go to the Wyland School in Thailand. They went to the Wyland School. And anybody here who knows anything about Wyland knows that when you go, you, you do your training, and then you've got to go off. Wherever they tell you to go, you've got to go and do your outreach. And God told this couple they had to go to India and they had to do outreach in one of the worst slum areas of, of India. And this lady rings me up from Thailand. She said, that's terrible. She said, we didn't, we didn't come over here to Thailand to go to India. God called us to Thailand. And I said, well, did God lead you to go to, to, to um, Wyoming? Yes, he did. And I said, did you agree? Yes, we did. Well, then you have to go wherever you're told to go. And she said, yeah, but that's going to cost us over $6,000. How can we do that? Yeah? We want to put the $6,000 into here what's happening in Thailand. And I said, well, I've got an answer. You need to talk to God about it. Again, she rings me up. About a week later, she said, you're not even going to believe this part of the I said, yeah, I probably am. <laughs> she said, we got a letter from the education board saying they'd underpaid us $6,800 in our year of teachers. <laughs> it was a check. <laughs> so they went to Thailand. Some of you know what I'm talking about. So they went to Thailand. Last night, the reason I didn't, main reason I didn't come over Shannon was because I spent time just couple of flying back to Thailand today and been over home for a couple of weeks. And to stand there with them, we, we went to a cafe and they kicked us out because it, they wanted closure. And, and the staff cleaned up and then they left and we were still standing in the car park and they walked past and they said, you people. <laughs> we were talking about what God's doing. And the miracles that are taking place through their ministry in Thailand, just unbelievable. And, and they had a team come who wanted to teach them and a whole lot of other people in the church they go to about, about truly witnessing the presence of God with people. And what they had to do was they had to go out in the town, Pacha, the worst city of Thailand, they had to go out in the town and walk up to people and simply say, do you have any pain anywhere in your body? Because if you do, I want to pray for you. And so they went out and she said, oh, it's a bit right for them to do this. Anyway, they, they did it, and they saw some neat stuff happen, and then they were standing near the, the beach, and, and she said, I was looking over the guy's shoulder I was talking to, and here's this person in the water, face down, fully clothed. Well, that don't look good. And she said, we went down there, just as they were dragging this person in, they dragged him in onto the beach, and people tried uh, resuscitation, nothing actually happened. And then Ruth said, I just felt God say, kneel down, put your hand on his chest and say, life, come back. <coughs> she did. <coughs> and the guy came back to life. It's, it's unbelievable. And Paul, her husband, he was, he was saying, just prior to that, he'd been praying for this guy, uh, uh, this lady, who, who had a thumb that had been nearly cut off there. It had healed, but she couldn't bend it, so the whole thumb went like that. And he, he said, I was very reluctant to actually really pray. He said, it's going to be a test of my faith. So he said, I just grabbed hold of the thumb and, and said, be healed in Jesus' name. 
They said, I took my hand off and she went like that. <laughs> now, what I want to why I'm sharing that with you is because I think a lot of us are walking in far less than God's got for us. And, and, and God's wanting us to step out more and trust Him. And there'll be times we fall over. There'll be times we fail. We will. But at the same time, we trust God to use us in whatever way He desires to use us. And He will, people. He will. I want to come, because there's so much more I could talk about, but I want to come back to that passage, um, the, 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 the passage in, in the book of Acts, actually. If we can put that up, uh, somewhere wrong with that. Yeah, going back to there. Uh, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. Now go to the next one, which is what happened, you see. That, that, that event happened, and then Peter gets up and he starts preaching this incredible sermon. And, and he's absolutely full of the Holy Spirit. He's preaching the sermon. He's preaching his heart out. And, and he gets toward the end of it. And he says this. This is toward the end of his sermon. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness, next slide, of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and your children and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Now, that's a pretty good sermon. I mean, that would rate up, up near the top in terms of sermons, without, without a doubt. But then look what happens as a consequence of that last sentence. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Next, next slide. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Next slide. Verse 46, we'll jump down. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in the homes of the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. My point is simply this, that what happens there is a consequence of their relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's a consequence of their relationship with the Holy Spirit. Right? So the important thing is this. Are you prepared to let the Holy Spirit do whatever He wants to do in your life? Whatever. Not what you think safe. Whatever He wants to do in your life. We're going to be running out of time, so I'm just going to finish off by doing this. Look, 
If you have committed your life to Jesus Christ, then there are a few simple things you can do to develop an intimate relationship with God. First one, can we put the first one up? This is crucial. This is absolutely crucial. Accept that feelings and emotion are a legitimate and necessary part of finding intimacy with God. You know, last year when I was over at Bethel Church, they've got a chapel which sits separate to the church. It's out way off on the car park. Beautiful chapel. You go in there, it's got floor ceiling windows, it's an octagonal shape, and you, you can go in there, you can look out, you can see the mountains, you can see there's a mountain that looks like Mount Taranaki in the distance. It's just absolutely stunning. But you go in there, it's open 24-7. This chapel's open 24-7. You go any time of the day or night. And you walk in there, and there's other people in there, and you just, you can sit on the cushions, there's a few chairs, you do whatever you feel you need to do with God. And on this day, I walked in there. Listen, I've got a farming background. I'm a practical guy. My, my background is practical. It's not, it's not airy-fairy stuff. It's practical. I'm used to working with my hands and that sort of thing. So I go in there, and I sit down on a chair, and I look out the window, and there's an important hill. Absolutely crying my eyes out. And I don't know why. I have no idea why, except that I knew I was in the presence of God. There was absolutely no doubt about it. I was in the presence of God. Make time room for intimacy to happen. Now, this is not this is not a condemnation on anybody, but there are people who faithfully read their word every day and they pray every day, and that is important. I commend you greatly if you do that. However, if you want to move from a cerebral relationship to an intimate relationship with God, that is not enough. It won't happen. You have to give time to develop a relationship with God. How? Lots of ways. Simple ways. Simple listen to, listen to some Christian music. Allow God to speak to you through music. Go for a walk and set your mind on God. Talk to Him. Tell Him what's going on in your life. I love walking on the beach now, just talking to God about anything. About anything. Everything. Sometimes we walk along and I see something and say, God, you're amazing. You did that. You made that. I look up at the snow on the mountains and say, God, look at that. It's like you've got your ice leaves out here. You've got the noise in here. <laughs> that noise in here. looks absolutely stunning. Listen for him to speak. And sometimes it'll come just as a thought, like I said when I was walking along the beach, and a couple of names came into my mind. I thought, if we don't want to do that, here's an even easy one. Lie on the settee. Stretch out on your settee in your lounge and just think about God. Funny, eh? I'll tell you what, when you do, God's going to connect with you. We've got this idea that we've got to do this, we've got to do this, we've got to do this, we've got to do this in order to connect with God and all that about God. No, you don't. All, all those things are important. Reading the Bible is incredibly important. 
teaches you about God, but it doesn't bring you an intimate relationship with him. Spending time with him is what will actually do it. Look, I, I, I reckon I, would, I could guarantee you as a church, if three quarters of this church did that and got into an intimate relationship with God, you would very quickly outside this building, just like that. And you know why? Because there would be something incredibly attractive about your life that other people would feel curious about. Yes, I need to know what is going on there. And thirdly, this is what I want you to spend looking at. Open yourself completely to the Holy Spirit. Give him permission. Give him permission to do whatever he wants to do in your life. Don't put any conditions on him. Ask others to pray for you again and again and again and again and again. Don't ever stop praying. Paul told the Ephesian church, and I'm sure Shannon will have quoted the verse to you before, but be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know, it's in, it's in, in the Greek, it's in what they call the present continuous sense. So that means you keep doing, you keep doing, you keep, you don't ever stop because it's in the present continuous. So it's always present and it's always continuous. So you don't, you don't like come up the front here and get zapped and it's going to change the world, everything is great. If that happens, wonderful. I'll rejoice with you in that. But that's not what it's about either. It's about continually asking God to indwell your life, to walk with you, to talk with you, to share with you. God goes on us all the time. A lot of people seem to think that God's looking for something wrong in our life. No, he's not looking for something wrong in our life. That's what the cross is about. Jesus died for your sins, past, present, and future. He wants to build you up. He wants to release you. He wants you to walk in victory and joy. He wants other people to see it. That's the God I love. That's the God I get excited about. And I want to add this one thing at the end, and this simply this. Never stop being hungry and thirsty for more of God. Actually, if we want to be theologically correct, what we need to say is be thirsty and hungry that God will actually take more of you. Because God can't be broken into little bits. But just pray. Look, let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this congregation. I want to thank you, Lord, for every single person here. I want to thank you for their journey with you. I want to thank you for the experiences they've had, are having, and will have in the future. But God, my greatest plea to you this day is that every single person here will get to know you on a much more intimate basis. And they will see you as their friend, as their father who loves them immensely and and has only the best for their lives and for this church. And Father, I want to ask that you would help them to, to come to an understanding that they carry your presence everywhere that they go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all stand up. Let's stand up. Now listen.
may have to put some other things aside to spend that time with them. But I'll tell you what, we, we have a lot of downtime that we waste. Why not give it to God? Why not actually give out the downtime that we're actually wasting? I mean, there's nothing better lying on the seat. Don't go to sleep, though. Just communicate with God. Lie on the seat and communicate with Him. Talk to Him. You know what? You will actually learn to hear His voice. You will learn to hear it. And I'm guaranteeing that you will learn to hear it if you spend the time with Him. And, and are we going to sing a song? Huh? Let's sing a song. But what I'm going to say is simply this. Any of you that, that are, are absolutely certain you want to deepen that relationship with Him, I'm going to actually ask you to do a practical thing, and that's line up across the front. We're going to pray for you all individually, or we might, who knows? But, but just, just make that commitment to Him. It's not to me, it's nothing to do with me. But if you feel God wants you to draw a much closer, as we sing a song, come up here. Just come up here as, a, as an indication. It doesn't mean you're going to be successful, but it means, God, I do actually want to know you better. I want to know you greater measure in my life.